Welcome to Forever Exile, the Path of Exile podcast. I am Justin, a.k.a. Tags. And I'm Tyler Recker of Days. It's episode 71. We're joined again by the wonderful Brittle Knee. Welcome. Thank you for having me back. Yeah, thanks for coming on here, despite Tyler and everything. She's she's actually, she's probably not a guest anymore. She's just part of the crew, hey? That's right. Like, just part of, so now Justin, like, gets to, like, boss you around. I, I should have like, just threaten you, cut and you with off. your friendship if you don't do <laughs> properly. I don't know. I mean, I never got my punch card in the mail, so I don't know where I'm at on the redemption. It's coming. Same with the check. Uh, quick shout out <laughs> to our Patreons. Uh, thanks a lot, Marshall, for joining the crew this week. If you're curious what our Patreon is, you can find the information down below. Gets you access into our After Dark, as well as... Uh, this is... Okay, good. I, I all of a sudden thought uh, Audition was crashing again. So welcome to... Um, patreon marshall and everybody else and thank you guys for supporting the podcast if you're looking for more information it's down below and uh it gives you access to our podcast after the podcast after dark and that's uh that's everything if you didn't do everything i'd say you're useless i'm literally not cutting any of that right right now i'm even lost this looking at my screen for the whiskey <laughs> that's right i haven't even started drinking damn it i gotta stop opening that what is going on with me okay uh uh, Ty, how was your Okay, week? we're going to take a after these messages. <laughs> Did you ever see that brittle? The after these messages Saturday morning cartoon? I don't know if it was a Canada mm-hmm. only thing or if it was on Fox. Nah, whatever. It was awesome. I had a good week. Yeah. Just had a great week. Um, you know, I, I heard on the radio that, um, like I always think of the year in quarters, right? Like, you know, seasons and then like companies, they think of the year in quarters. Somebody mentioned today on the radio that we're a sixth done the year already. And it made me feel like we're already finished summertime. Like to me, that seemed like we've already progressed so far. So it was kind of weird. So it was a weird day because of that. But Isn't it weird to measure the year in sixths? Yeah. That seems odd. Yeah. I think they were looking for something. But anyway, it kind of weirded me out. I felt like we were almost finished the year anyway. Hmm. But I saw Camille today. So I'm like, I'm crazy busy day today. So I go out and I get some food. I'm picking up some pizza at Domino's. And I showed up a little early. Maybe I'm just, no, I'm just about to leave. I'm just leaving after getting my pizza. And truck pulls up right beside me. You know, the Domino's parking lot that's near. It's just brutal, right? Like super small. Everybody's got trucks. So there's nowhere to go. Nothing to see. Truck pulls up right beside me as I'm coming out. It's 100% Camille right next to me. I'm looking like before it even clicked that, you know, he's on the other side of the Pacific Ocean. I was like, I was like, like, hey, forever exile. So anyway, I uh, I saw Camille today. He obviously hates me because he didn't say anything and he just looked at me weird. But anyway, so that was awesome. But it was a good day. Normal, normal week, normal, everything normally brain dead Had some specialist appointments, video specialist appointments. Hey, do you see this growth? It was it was was a good week. Weird. All 21st century because of COVID. How was yours just? Well, BK, you tell us about your week. I still can't even believe it's Friday. Like, I, what happened? Is that good or is that I, bad? I mean, it means I was busy and time passed, but I don't know. It was just a blur, a frantic blur of planning and trying to keep up with like normal schedules. And I'm trying to do more YouTube content now and it's, it's a Ooh. mess. The YouTube content or? Yeah, I actually, I, no, the, the YouTube. Oh, I mean, it's arguable. I don't think my production quality is that great, but. Oh, they're good. I, uh. It's just a mess trying to manage it all and trying to figure out where to like put in into an already busy schedule the hours it takes to make them. Yeah. 
do you have your system set up like how you want to organize it and playlists and all that kind of stuff or is that still something you're figuring out too uh there's like stuff i want to make that's like more more tutorial based uh but that'll come in time what i've been mostly trying to use is like a break-in way to get used to making content in the first place is just doing like build diaries and sort of like build overviews I figure if I can get to a point where I can record and edit those in a timely manner, then I'm ready to kind of tackle the heavier project of outlining all of this like tutorial and new player stuff. Like how do you build defensive layers? What does it mean? What sort of guard skills do you use? What sort of recovery options do certain build types favor? Like that kind of stuff. And I don't know if I can even begin writing the scripts on those until I've practiced actually creating other content. Totally. Do you try and do it all at once, though? Like, would you try and take on something big like that and do it all at the same time? Well, the build guides right now are really easy just because I write out the script and then I read the script word for word all the way through. And then I just go record random videos of me killing bosses and I put music to it and I smoosh them all together. So it's really not that complicated. Occasionally there's like a slide with some information or like a math equation to explain a certain calculation from the game. But when you're introducing like more of these subjective concepts within PoE, because like even something like build defenses has like such a wide range of what is applicable, like from software all the way to, you know, solo cell phone hardcore. Like how people approach the game is so different. So trying to make these sort of universal tools for folks is going to be really challenging. Yeah, it's hard to simplify a crazy complex game. Yeah, and not only that, PoE, because of the rate of turnover with content in general. So creating timeless PoE content or PoE content in general that doesn't necessarily get outdated instantly within a 13-week cycle is one of the most challenging things about creating long-term sort of tutorial-based PoE content. Because we can see entire archetypes get changed up in a matter of a single like series of patch notes. Like things that even if I had made the defensive layers video two months ago, they shadow nerfed like a lot of different sources of reduced damage taken and reduced physical damage taken from the passive tree that existed before. They just kind of very quietly took it away and then they just recently took it away from ascendancies too. And this last iteration of patch notes for 3.13. So that's in 3.12 and 3.3, there's now all of these sources of reduced damage taken or reduced physical damage taken that I would have referenced saying that certain ascendancies were good because of it or certain passives were good because of it that are no longer relevant because it doesn't exist anymore. And that's in the span of six months. And to think that, you know, a video that I'm going to create now is not going to, you know, get instantly changed in three months is just silly so that doesn't just excite you to make another one (laughs) it should but i have unfortunately the like the mark of my upbringing in that i was raised as like to be a perfectionist where you have to do like the best thing to help you god and uh every single time i put out content i always feel like I really, at least, I, I just want it to last a while. I want it to be a very good example of what it is, even though I, there's no way I can account for or prepare for like the attrition that happens with normal game balance. I still hold myself to the standard that I should anticipate it and create content that's going to overcome that somehow. And that's a me problem. This is not <laughs> the greatest podcast for that. 
because we do not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, though, there's going to be a lot of things in PoE2 that are just in PoE1, and those might be something to focus on, like the defense types that you were talking about. Maybe if it's not skill-specific or notable-specific or keystone, but just in general, um, focusing on mentalities as opposed to specific content can make the content last a little bit longer, make the date stamp on the bottom of the video not matter per league, you know, not have a three-month expiry date. Yeah, like I feel like in, in the end, there's a way to boil down a lot of content into something that is essentially timeless. I just haven't figured out how to yet. Hmm. Big challenge. Good for you, though. YouTube content's awesome. Fun to make. I don't know how to make it, though. You're getting there. You've done a no, couple. I just hit, I hit download, and then I hit <laughs> it's <the> upload. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. That's what they get. All right, well... Now, the one benefit of BKB in here is all the people who don't like the beginning of our podcast just got a whole lot of POE talk right through the beginning. Now, onto my week. <laughs> I went to the zoo. <laughs> Again? No, Did just a one time. No. Oh. So we have a zoo, like it, it, I don't know. There's a couple zoos in BC, but it's a, it's a small zoo. Ty, you would have been just. You would have been angry, angry, yelling, <laughs> crabby, just dickhead bitching the whole time. Because I, it would have been legit. No, it's crazy. It wasn't like crazy busy, but you, wearing a mask is just not even. It's weird because you don't have to wear a mask. I guess it's because it's mostly outside, but it was like 50 50 of people wearing masks. Oh. And here's why. Here's where I, here's where I was. While I was at the zoo, I was laughing to myself because I was picturing you walking beside me <laughs> or you being the dad up ahead because kids will run up to the fences. There's like lions and bears and all that stuff. And yeah, you forgot the tigers. Tigers, oh my. It's but like a really easy lions, tigers, bears, and you forgot the tigers. I purposefully anyway, skipped it ahead. so you wouldn't be like, oh my. Uh, They're my favorite. So, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, people are like standing right at the cages. And a lot of kids aren't wearing masks. And then other kids, they don't care. They're little kids. They just want to see the bears. And so they would run up like right in the middle of a group of like a family, like no mask on. I just was like. And, and the parents of that kid are just like <laughs> not doing anything, right? Well, most of them were fine. But there was a, there's yeah. a lot of. Um, yeah, go run into that group of people and you don't know how apathetic they've been to COVID. Yeah, let's do that. Bring it home. Bring it home. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't go. Even in the lineup to pay, I was surprised how many people weren't wearing masks. Is it what is it like where, where you are, Brittle, right now with uh, masks? Is it mandatory? No, it's Florida. Without getting into too political, right. the, the governor here doesn't give a shit about So they any don't have us. a mandatory mask, anything? No, it's on a county by county basis. At least where I live, people are at least somewhat intelligent about it. Like most of the grocery stores and places like that will not like help you if you don't wear one or if you go in without one they will ask you to leave or provide you with one that sort of thing but there's it's not at a state level here we had we had for a while where the government wasn't the ones getting in to to say you had to wear the mask and which is similar to what you have and it was actually way worse because then it puts the onus on the business owner which makes them where we live the uh, the government before they got involved, it left the onus on the business owner to enforce that. And then you ended up with people yelling because it wasn't supposed to be required. And 
in BC where we live now, it's it's absolutely no terrible too. Because like, how on earth are you supposed to make a business owner who's already suffering because of this pandemic in the first place be the person that has to then enforce something? Like, mm-hmm. do they see, choose like their business surviving and being able to feed their children, or do they pick like enforcing this mandate? Like, it should come up from above. It should not be at that level. It's just not fair to make people make those decisions. No, I mean, and and the the thing that for me was the worst was then these business owners, well, not purposefully, but their staff are getting in the spot where you're supposed to be a security guard and enforcer versus running stuff through a till, which was not cool. Yeah. So anyway, here it's required, but not at the zoo, which was weird. Just six feet. Anyway, I get so mad. Yeah, you wouldn't like, have been happy. I'm, see, my I'm probably if the. I'm going to have a heart attack, go to jail, or I'm going to have to just play POE nonstop. That'll be and the And then cure. I won't be outside. No, I just don't go out. I Most of the time we get our, like, when we get our big Costco orders in, we get it delivered. We wipe everything down and just, like, hermit for oh. weeks and weeks at a time. Costco delivers there? Just imagine if Costco delivered here. Oh, glory. Yeah, we, it definitely doesn't here. I mean, you can go shop there and it's no. fine. But I you mean, can't not even if you're get, Tyler. No, it's not. Oh, <laughs> no, it's not. And you can't even get a big TV there or something and get them to like ship it to you for a hundred billion dollars. They won't do anything. Can you not buy from Costco online? I don't know. Don't they ship? I don't think they, they would... have some stuff, but it's it's never it's, they ever have stuff that's buy more expensive. a flat screen TV online if you can help it. Trust me on this one. I used I to work. Online. I used to work for Best Buy like a long time ago, and like the shit that used to oh, happen when deliveries would come in, man. Hmm. Like someone would knock a thing, a stack of them over, and just be like, "Ha ha, whoops!" <laughs> just like put the boxes back, you know. Like, uh, uh, can you get groceries hmm. from your Costco delivered? Yep, that's what that's we what do. I mean, I I cook from scratch for pretty much every meal, so. Huh. I uh, yeah. just go get lots of produce and meat and chop it all up and put it in the freezer and then just take out what I need and cook per meal. Sweet. Well, I went to the zoo and then I had insane this. This was the end of my crazy craziness for work. So finally that's over. But it's funny you talk about dying Thai. I became obsessed for the like maybe like two weeks ago with this um, doctor named David Pierce. He's a biologist. Okay. And he's talk. He he researches age, aging, okay. and the the medicine and the science behind reversing and stopping aging. It's amazing, like seriously crazy. And so, are you not getting older anymore? Well, I don't want to be old and decrepit. I don't want to be like out of my mind. I want to be with it. So his stuff he talks about is cool because the idea is to live healthy way longer and die real quick, and that's what I want. That sounds about right. <laughs> it's true. I want to, I, I want to grow old, healthily, yeah. healthily, healthily, and then I want to die real, real fast. Just be an idiot crossing the street when you're ready to go. Read a book, crossing the street. I don't know. There, I just think it's fascinating what they can do. So Neat. that was my week. All right. So now Sweet. I have absolutely no input on my POE week because of work. I have not touched the game uh, in the while. So how was, uh, how was your POE week, BK? Well, well, what I've did you do this put week? Put the finishing touches on my league starter and got the video out for his stuff, which was really cool. I started this league out on a uh, Bladefall, Blade Blast, Archmage, Hierophant. 
And Hang so on, there's a lot of different iterations of Bladefall, Blade Blast, and I hopped on the bandwagon, but I got them on different. Yeah, Bladefall, Blade Blast, Archmage, Hierophant. It, it clicks about half an hour later. Got it. Hi, here, okay, Hierophant, huh. Bladefall, Blade Blast. <clears throat> got it. Right, so Hierophant has a lot of innate mana scaling and the ability to really scale the absolute crap out of Arcane Surge, which gives extra spell power and cast speed. And then Hierophant also carries a lot of AoE scaling, which is very good for Bladefall and Blade Blast, mostly because you want those explosions from the blast to overlap, because then you're doing multiple instances of damage at the same time. Right. Um, so he's basically a, a really good vector for this type of playstyle and for this particular skill. And he's really tough and tanky, and I'm really satisfied with the build. The problem has been convincing people that this is an acceptable alternative because people, you know, they stick to what they know. They Right now, the two, like, overarching, um, I guess, metas for this particular skill is usually Assassin or um, Chieftain. That's kind of, like, what it's been for a long time with those two that have played it. So people want to understand, like, its abilities by comparison. And so that it gets tricky trying to break it all down into, you know, I think it's tankier than a chieftain and I think it has more damage potential than an assassin, but. Nice. When you say you have to break it down, are you talking about like in a, a build guide, a YouTube video, a post on the forums while you're streaming? What? Uh, I mean, just in general, like when people come into the stream or comment on the, the YouTube video and uh, one of my viewers actually threw the YouTube video up on Reddit. And there was just all this infighting in the comics about, like, is this better than Assassin? Is this better than Chieftain? Is this tankier than Chieftain? Is it tankier than Assassin? And it's one of the ongoing things that I kind of, like, have this angry frustration with Reddit about in the general PUE community is, like, why does something have to be the best? Right. Can't, Too much paper talk. Can we not just enough enjoy a build for its well-roundedness and its ability to be a good like build for a lot of different people rather than it being the best build for like 5% of the people? Because that's sort of how I approach my builds when I make them. I was like, the, the builds that I create aren't necessarily the best version of SRS. They're not the best version of Caustic Arrow. They're, it's not the best version of any of the skills I've played. I tried to create a really well-rounded, forgiving character for people to learn the game on or like maybe try bossing for the first time or if they're getting into crafting that things aren't so complicated. That does good yep. damage. And, you know, like at the end of the day, the Hierophant, I think the version of mine that I'm playing right now does like 14 million burst damage on a boss. And it's burst no damage way. because with Archmage, you have to have, you know, a couple different conditionals. Like you have to be standing in your sigil of power. Arcane Cloak has to be up. And you've had to have spent mana recently. Those are usually your conditions. So that's why I say burst damage here because, like, it has to line up a certain way. So it's not yeah. consistent. And that's, like, really good. That does all content in the game, including T19 100% Delirious maps. And uh, so I'm level 99 and three quarters on it and i've been doing simulacrums to 100 to prove a point just not even looking at the map mods or anything just clicking the waves and kill just endlessly killing everything over and over and over again because people are like is this tanky enough it's like i don't know dude i'm doing simulacrums to 100 <laughs> no kidding uh, people people that's one thing i guess pros and cons about such a theory crafting game is people can always try and 
put their own preferences on it. But a lot of people, there's those stages in anyone's POE career, mine included, where it's like you feel like you know everything and somebody posts something and you think like you know better than them. And because it's such a big community now, it's, it's, it's hard to get away from. But I hear you. I hear you. You have a fantastic build. And no matter what it looks like on paper, no matter what people say, you actually got to click it and play it and see how it works. I, I'm so confused with that whole stuff, though, with build wise. Like, it, well, you make a build. BK makes a build. Why does it? I don't understand why some idiot has to be like, well, is it tanky enough? Can it do this? Go make your own build. You don't yeah. have to play this build. I don't I, I just don't yeah. understand it. She's she's got tons of videos. Did they all prove the point? But for some reason, they got something. To say. I just find that so bizarre. It's not questions like, hey, you know, sorry, could you explain this part again? I don't quite get this. It's it's like questioning the actual content that's already been posted. Well, and you click the video or you click the forum post. I didn't ask you to come to my video or my forum post like you clicked here. Read it and do it or don't. I'm discovering more and more that I have a dissonant opinion than like I would say a majority of the players. And I was I was talking with my community the other day about this. And, you know, those videos that show up where it's like, watch me one, you know, kill a six person party of like this particular boss in like four seconds. And like that is never the path of exile I want to play. Like and so someone like tried to break this down for me, like breaking the game is something that is satisfying to certain types of players like they enjoy sure. that they want to put the build together that does the hundreds of millions of dps and then just like instantly shits on anything that they fight against and for me like that is abhorrent that is like disgusting that is appalling and something i never ever want to do or play your experience because i'm i'm the kind of person that when i'm playing a roguelite this the second my character is powerful I just like suicide and start the run over again because like when it's not a struggle, I lose interest instantly. Like it's just not fun anymore. And so I realize that I'm, I sort of like, there's a lot of POE players and a lot of people that play this game where like getting ramping to that place of feeling in like insanely powerful is like the, the entire reason why they play. Like it's just to get to that feeling, to get to that point, to be able to do those things without like, and for me, I just, I don't know, I like enjoy, I enjoy playing the game. I want to do the mechanics the way the, you know, design, the boss designers intended. Like, totally. I want the, even though I play in softcore, I want the rush of like maybe getting my shit kicked in once in a while because it means I still need to improve something about my build. And I like, I enjoy those incremental things. And as soon as a character sort of gets too tanky and the damage is all right, I kind of just like instantly lose interest. And that's when usually people double down and put like, tens to hundreds of exalts into a build to make it even more powerful. I think the thing that's weird to me, though, is so there are people that play that way, and I'm just assuming you wouldn't tell them they're playing the game wrong. That's why I don't understand the alter side of that, the other side of that, where they're saying, well, if you're struggling or you're actually we had a there was a chat in Discord. <laughs> I didn't get to be a part of it because I did just was too busy and didn't pay much attention. But they were talking about the fact that you get the headhunter and all of a sudden it's like, man, it's not really any fun anymore. Like the game just became less fun because you've gotten too overpowered. So I, I love that kind of stuff. Like when I, I kind of I think I mentioned on one of my broadcasts not too long ago where I think I had a metamorph right next to a Cyrus spawn and then all of a sudden Breach invaders showed up. Breach? Beyond? Beyond? Beyond. Who's the crazy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was just mayhem and I got the crap kicked out of me. I mean, I lasted a long time, but I eventually died and then I came back and I did it, but it was like 10 minutes. 
I loved it. And I kind of love the idea that, I mean, who knows what PoE2 is going to be like, but I love the prospect. Uh, maybe one day this game will be like, if you complete the map and didn't use all, you know, five out of six portals, you did well. I love that prospect. I love like the long boss battles. I'm I'm with you on that brutal for sure. I mean, like ultimately in any action RPG period, you are going to be unable to prevent it from happening. Like that's just the way it is. That's the way these games are. Driven games like this will always be broken in this manner. We saw, we've seen it plenty of times and usually like the way to combat that is like really insane scalers to the point of like what greater risks were in D3. Um, like that being said though, like I just... When I see the post like that, I have common decency, so I just like hit my back button on my browser, and then I just like don't engage, you know, like a like a like a human being. But you know, at the end of the day, at least like I've kind of in those discussions like realized that about myself. But it's true, like I when it comes for me making content, I want to give people the tools. At the end of the day, like. Even back to my career before this, when I was a paramedic, like I was a preceptor and that was my favorite part about being like doing the entire preceptor program was I enjoyed imparting tools onto my students so that they could then solve these problems in the real world themselves in the future. Like learning how to run your differential diagnosis and the, you know, stomach pain patient, because you might learn something that'll help the doctors later on. Like there's always something that you can do. And I, I kind of try to adapt this over to PoE as well. Like I'm not the person that wants to have like everything done, but if I can put together well-rounded builds that are acceptable both in defenses and damage, and I can put out materials that are going to help people like gain the knowledge and gain the tools to then pick apart other problems, then I'm happy. Like at the end of the day, that's the creator. I want to be content-wise. Right. So like I'm not ever going to have like the unboxing 4,000 div cards or watch me kill a second, you know, a boss in the second flat kind of videos. And I'm okay with that. But in those, in those conversations, I don't know, like it was kind of not relaxing. That's not the word I'm trying to think of, but it was comforting in a way to kind of like figure out my place in like the PoE content creator universe ship them thing. Like, All right. Now I know what kind of content I want to make. And that's actually a good, a good thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, because be before, like, literally, all I've done for the last three years almost is just wake up in the morning, make coffee, and secrete words into a microphone for six hours. So at least I've got a plan. I mean, it took me three years, but fuck. I mean, at least I got no, one. It's, it's a huge game. And when you fall in love with the game, you have endless options for being a community creator, not just, you know, when it comes to building your own build and playing for yourself. Are you still going to be broadcasting with all the YouTube stuff? Or are you going to kind of do 50 50? Oh, no, I'm <laughs> me put away time and be reasonable about these things. No, no, no. I'm just going to put it on my plate and just make it work. You have 36 hour days coming up. <laughs> awesome. Good for you. Yeah, exactly. So the build that you were talking about is that were you playing that on stream or are you playing something different? Yeah, I've been playing it on stream here and there. He's like my primary farmer and like what I'm doing the content on. I've had two other side projects during the, the course of the league. We've done an Eric Holly's Fang uh, build because I've never played the spider build at all before. Um, Air Kali Swing is a unique dagger that allows you to summon up to 20 uh, spiders at a time. They're melee minions and they're a lot of fun. They're duration based, very similar to SRS. And I, I actually had a grudge against them, which is why I hadn't played them until now, is because they're basically better than SRS in every single way. 
Um, aside from the fact that they have to be like summoned in a very particular manner. Um, so like I just had this grudge. I was like, I'm not going to play those things because I learned the game on SRS and I had an SRS build. So I'm not going to play the thing that's better than what I'm doing. Right. Like that's just no way. Like you don't just like get in a Cadillac when all you got is a Camry and then just go back to your Camry. Fuck that. So <laughs> they are reliable vehicles. <laughs> It's the SRS of the vehicle world. But they introduced a <laughs> straight, dependable, reliable SRS. And so they re released a helmet. And so what I've been trying to do is play around with uniques that are released, especially if they catch my interest. And two caught my interest with the release of 3.13. One is Ancient Skull, which is a, a helmet that gives minions a buff called the Whispers. And when the minions mm -hmm. hear the whispers, they kind of like it's they go insane. They stop mm -hmm. listening to you. They take damage, like almost like a berserker rage, but it's chaos damage and it's significant too. It's like ten to twenty percent of their life um, per second. And then they get fifty percent increased attack speed and attack damage. So it only works for melee minions. And I was like, okay, that's rad. That's like really, it's like a free extra flash offering and, you know, basically a watcher's eye jewel for minions. Sweet deal. And um, so I was like, well, spiders can't take damage. Let's just use spiders with this helmet. And so like I kind of put the whole build around that. Like we ended up using the triad grip gloves that are corrupted for four white sockets to completely convert them out to chaos damage. We went occultists for like debuffing for chaos damage, and we just ran these batshit and crazy insane spiders that just annihilated stuff. And I was like, had level 18 gems and was killing guardians, just boop, dead. I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. Hmm. So it was, a, it was a fun little build. Nice. Um, really cool. How do you get the helmet? The helmet just drops. Yeah, it's like one of the new just normal drop. Yeah. What does it mean that they don't listen to you? I read that and I was like, what does that mean? Um, for It means they're unleashed from you. Like, so certain minions, especially uh, like specters oh, and zombies, they, they're leashed to you. So like if you move, they move with you. Um, whereas skeletons and SRS are unleashed minions where they just like don't give a shit where you are and they just go. Um, hmm. And so this behavior on like, that's another thing people are like, oh, but what about the, what about the, they don't listen to you. I'm like, Oh no, they turn into SRS. Oh god. Like, that's not a downside. It means they're gonna like fan out and like actually protect something. And what's cool about it is like, uh, you know, if you give them a chance to blind on hit and stuff like that, they just like sit over there away from you, blinding the enemy instead of trying to run back to you when you retreat when you're in trouble. Does predator support work with it or meat shield, or does it ignore those it functions would, it would because ignore they don't that. listen? Okay. Hmm. Sounds like a wicked build. And to Blade Blast, um, I just forget, Blade Blast itself, before any changes you might have made to it, is that pure physical damage or does it change it to fire? Right. Um, it's pure physical. Uh, so I think the Chieftains okay. and stuff, they go have a tire fire and like the Chieftain has like sure. built-in generic conversion and stuff like that. So certain, yeah. yeah, so certain ascendancies that use it will convert it, but in our case, we're going mana scaling with Archmage. And so, like, if it wasn't for the AoE requirements that, or the AoE, like, scaling that happens with gem level with Blade Blast, like, we could use level 1 gems. Like, a level 20 Blade Blast is less than, like, I think 4.5% of my total damage. Because all hmm. of it is added as lightning from Archmage and Arcane Cloak and all that kind of stuff. It's just a ton of lightning damage. We just, 
it's inefficient to try and convert it using the gym because you're just going down a gym link for no reason. And then like there's not a lot of like inherent spell conversion on the tree. Yeah, okay. Yeah, there really isn't. A lot of the conversion stuff's for attacks down south. Yep, mm-hmm. Uh, cool. That sounds like a wicked week. Nice and busy, but really productive. Yep, and then so we just started this week to the explorations of the other build that I was trying, which is recycling the occultists we leveled for the other one. And uh, we're doing Hex Blast, Ignite with the black flame ring which is really neat mechanically it's very very interesting so with black flame ignites are taken as chaos damage it's not a conversion it just is like a flip-flop in the um in the calculations so you still scale fire damage so you still scale like percent fire um ignite chance ignites um deal their damage faster duration all that kind of stuff yeah, but then you debuff for chaos because anything that happens on the end of the equation after the actual ignite is calculated then counts too. So we're kind of able to, I guess, double double diff's not the right word, but we can we can take advantage of this as an occultist because normally we do the curse scaling and everything else to make the hex blast super cool, and then we also get like the the um, powered wither which is going to be debuffing for chaos damage taken. So it's it's kind of cool. Like, there's better ways to play Hex Blast Ignite, for sure. But this was mostly built around the ring. And so far, it's been a lot of fun. I love the Occultist. Good call. That sounds awesome. That's your week, Bentai. P-O-E-wise. It was mostly in my head. It was just tons of theory crafting. The theory crafters taking over the guide writer this week. I know every week I seem to flop. So now I want like a few more guides to kind of, you know, like if someone's looking for a tank, well, I got one. If someone's looking for some sort of zoom, zoom build, I, I have one, you know, about um, RF, minion, whatever. Like I, I want to have something in each general category, which I don't with my new setup. So I've been brainstorming like crazy. So screw you, POE, for having such a <laughs> game that I can just come up with endless options on. But yeah, remember I was doing... um. I love dominating blow, but I can't play it because it requires such a specific click and there wasn't really a way to make it AOE. And then I started thinking, okay, I can use General's Cry, a war cry, to whatever. And I can use General's Cry to get dominating blow going because then I don't have to aim it. And then these mirages just run up and uh, and proc it. So do you think I should keep talking? Yeah, I'm here. Awesome. And you're hearing? I, I, just, I just didn't know if you were like, yeah. zone or not. all right, awesome. No, I'm definitely listening. I'm and here. so anyway, so that's what I was doing. I was trying to use dominating blow with General's Cry. Oh, Joss, thanks for showing up. Yep. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it was actually a really good idea. It was really easy to take the champion. Uh, you guaranteed fortify for yourself, right? Because when you're using mirages, they're like totems in a way. Yeah. They, they take your, they're not allies. In, I don't really understand if the mirages are allies, but they're not minions, but they take your stats and apply them. But like totems, it's them doing the damage, not you. Yeah. So I couldn't get fortify in there. So I went with the champion for that. But then the champion has those nice offensive additions as well. Added physical damage, added flat physical damage. If you've impaled recently or they've impaled or per impale, 
Then the 30%, I still can't believe how that node changed this league, but 30% increase to how auras work. And it, like on paper, it was awesome. And honestly, bossing and clearing maps was awesome. But you know what I didn't realize in the game until this? Because I've never given Dominating Blow a legit chance because I never, General's Cry just came out. Well, whether this league, last league, whatever it was, but I never played with it until now. There's a lot of magic only mob scenarios. Yep. There's lots. Cyrus is one. And that he only casts spells. Cyrus is only spells. He doesn't actually have an attack. So there's even entire bosses that do nothing but cast spells. Yeah. Yeah. And even when you're mapping, there's there's mobs that are only magic, not normal, not rare, not unique. Just oh, that's what you mean. Gotcha. All blue or or what is the purple nemesis, which I think count as magic. And you're screwed. Like I, if you're a fast player with dominating blow, that doesn't matter because your duration's 20 seconds with without it being increased, which is easy to do. But your duration's 20 seconds and you're flying through. But I like my slow pace, slow paced play, and halfway through the battle my normals are all gone right and all i'm doing is trying to kill these like i have three minions all the time with me and it actually really sucked for a normal speed player not a zoom zoom player i was really surprised with all my testing how many magic only circumstances i came across on a regular basis and so it actually kind of sucked yeah so i kind of scrapped it if you're running into a lot of bloodlines packs in general those are the ones in the big chunky packs the blue ones yeah, yeah yeah and then there was i mean the val side areas were there um what else were there uh there was actually a lot of circumstances in delve where it was magic only yep that's why the xp um, is so down good down in there too because there's a yeah, lot of clustering then, of rare, rare magic monsters yeah a lot of them and then even when you're going into the temples and stuff that you have to get into the corner to get the rare but then even with dominating blow with a rare you're just getting one it's the unique that gives you the chance to proc normal sentinel so i was really disappointed because the build itself was actually really good it was just how it functions with the game that doesn't gel with my play style so i guess it's nice that the reason it failed wasn't because it was a crappy build plan so that was nice but anyway it was uh it was disheartening in that regard but it did definitely fine-tune oh and going with my tank totally changing the subject but really quickly i'm moving off a of gladiator the maps are just too busy for my liking to have a max block, not glancing blows, but a max block gladiator that's around 79%. That 21% when maps are so busy with so many different hits coming your way, I don't find the 21% a small enough margin. So I'm a champion or jug fan now for when it comes to tanks. That was my POE week. Are you adding more builds? More build guys? Uh, you, you know, yeah. And then next league, I'll probably go down to three. And then the next league after that, I'll jump up to five because three is not enough. But then five will be too many and I'll jump down to three. So I'm on the getting a couple more bandwagon. Yeah, hmm. that's going to be nice. I'm definitely a big fan of you trying out a champion summoner again, though. In the days before minion accuracy being a thing that was baseline on the tree, I used to be a big proponent of champion summoning. It's that is like one of the main things I played in hardcore when I still played. Oh, cool. Years. Yeah. Because what of, did you use then? <laughs> SRS. Yeah. <laughs> I played champion ooh, ooh, ooh. SRS. Yeah. Adding flat damage to SRS is huge though. Yeah. It was before it was actually for the, the, the fortify and then the, uh, the free, 
uh, RT for the minions, basically. Anything that I taunted couldn't evade. And so that got yep. across. It was basically back in those days, you either had to run additional accuracy in your gym links, which is a huge bummer for your overall damage, or run like Koisade in your offhand and use Necromantic Aegis and to give your minions the accuracy that they needed. So that's one of the things that made it so attractive was that you basically got away with not needing accuracy at all for the minions and you had like a free shield slot to go like Victoria's Charity or something like that instead or in, like or to keep that defensiveness for yourself and be really tanky while also running minions. So mm-hmm. I've long loved Champion for Summoners so it makes me smile you tried one. Oh, it's yeah, I'm still playing through with it because uh, I really want Herald of Purity to work, but it doesn't fit my play style either because I have to do the kills to get Herald of Purity until yeah, you get to the a same rare spider conundrum. And... Spiders have that same chunky, like, ugh, down, downtime that yeah. just feels bad. So I'm playing with ideas like animate weapon or other things where it's something that's easy to start on the south of the tree with that doesn't require 155 intelligence to progress. Otherwise, leveling sucks. But yeah, I'm playing with it and I love the idea. I'll, maybe I'll bounce some ideas off of you. Sure. Sweet. All right, let's get into this week in POE. Wait, you don't want to talk about your week, Just? Uh, my POE week was fantastic. Lots of awesome. Twitter, checking Twitter. And I'm not really bad. <laughs> I, I, <did> <laughs> <laughs> I have not stopped working. So I, nope, this week I'm playing POE this week. I'm excited. I'm excited for you. Did you see that there was one patch? Yeah, I didn't pay attention to it because it just was like a little hot fix. But I know you have in the notes here. I just like the 13.1 E preview. So we'll get to that in a second. But yeah, they had the hot what? fix. Why? Why we do I like 13.1? No, okay, hang on. PVP, We're talk about the patch that PVP fixes, We're gonna, that's gonna, why. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, there was one patch this week, And it had one line and it said uh-huh. fix the client crash that occurred when using Wave of Conviction. And did somebody awesome. go, <laughs> didn't fix my problem maybe maybe stop releasing mtx and fix your game exactly (laughs) i'm sure there was somebody in the post that was like uh whatever Uh, i can't i I can't i can't play the game so no matter what they fix until i can play with the frame rate i can't play no matter what they fix but you wanted to talk about 13.1 e but it was a preview it hasn't come out yet so we can't talk about it otherwise we can't talk about it next week we can't well it's coming out and it's got pvp improvements thank god like some of these things they've been needed it's right? a huge list but it's not even out yet we can't talk about it list. hey justin have you enjoyed your gameplay experience do you know what i like about 13.1 e is it's no. just i love all the fixed fixed there's many of them <laughs> it starts off with fixed there's just so many this is the one that stops people being dicks on the forums for like half a day anyway we do have one thing that's coming up on the this week in poe and thankfully we have bk here to help us because otherwise here's how it would go so there's a team blast hosted by havoc 616 uh thing race thing happening so that's cool and uh and do you see the mtx that came out this week (laughs) right that's how it would normally go but bk can you tell us about it Yeah, uh, so this weekend coming up over two days, it's a race. It's a softcore group found race. So teams will be able to work together um, to achieve different. Not only are they trying to level as much as possible, but they're also going to be going out against different bosses to try and collect points. So different bosses are worth points. And then your average team level is added to those points for a final score. And there's all sorts of prizes and cash up for people that have like the highest scores. 
So team sizes are named from two to six. It was a lot like people could choose who they wanted to play with and how many team members they wanted. And that's part of the strategy as well. Do you and your, you know, two friends that know it really well go up against teams of six who may be like really practiced with this, you know, from league launches and stuff like that. So it'll be really interesting to see sort of like the diversity. Not only do we have a lot of like longtime known racers returning for this in teams of four to six, but we also have all sorts of new people that we never even heard of that seem pretty confident. Was it open confident. to anyone? Yep. It was an open invitation. The deadline was today. So sadly, no last minute signups. Um, but what's really cool about this is that we have built upon technology that we developed for the alternate start race that I hosted. Oh, I don't even remember how long ago it was. But we developed a tool that allowed us to basically pause time which is something that we haven't been able to do in racing before, which is to just say, stop, hold on a second, we'll pick this up tomorrow. And that was really significant because one of the biggest outcries for racing in general is that people play on healthy hours. So what's really cool about this one, and Havoc is really big into health and fitness and treating your, your body and yourself right, is that we now will have six-hour play sessions, so four of them, four six-hour play sessions with breaks, and then two on one day and two on the next. So it is still 12 hours of playtime, which is arguably, you know, that's a pretty intense for some people, but it is going to yeah. be broken up. There's going to be regular breaks. And then when you have this sort of team play, people are more encouraged to take bathroom breaks, grab a snack, stretch out as they need to. In addition to having the hour of downtime between the two sessions each day. So we're really trying to, you know, take this tool that we developed to pause time and really try and use it for good within the community while also saying that, look, this can still be competitive, even maybe even more so than usual if we put this time limit on it because people have to do more with less time. They have to be really strategic about like who's going after what bosses, what builds they're going to play, what is their currency strategy going to be. Because at the end of the day, like they can't trade with other teams, but they're still going to need to generate currency to run maps, to progress their atlases, to try and craft gear. So it all comes into play. If everybody kills the same boss, do they get points for each of them, or is it just one point for the entire team for that boss? It's um so the the list of what bosses are a one time per team thing. That's how it's being tracked, okay. I believe. And it's being streamed. People can watch it. Yep. Like this, Everyone, uh, I mean, this episode be... comes out on the 28th. So I think that's the last day of it, right? Right. So you'll be able to catch the session three and four of it. And there's going to be commentary on Havoc's channel by Somad and uh, Dadbod. And then, of course, you can always support your favorite racers. They'll be online as well as streaming is a requirement. So if you like to root for Tai Tai or Zizarin or... Havoc himself or et cetera, like you'll be able to catch them. And Havoc will be, I think, on a alt account because the main broadcast is taking place on his channel. That's pretty cool. Just should we should we join a race sometime and brag about our slowness? You're not slow. I'd hold you back. I would not want to do a race. I, I watch them. No, it's really cool because this one is a softcore race, which is definitely going to be kind of not one for the history books per se, but certainly Softcore races are a lot less common. Do you lose points for dying? Nope. So in, if I slash certain, deaths and it says 222, that's totally fine. In certain ways, it slow. is still punishing because it we do reward <laughs> points on average team level. So if someone were to die a whole bunch, they still lose a lot of XP. They could drop, you know, they could not be 
in a good spot to be contributing to trying to have that highest overall average. You die a bunch and you're 91 and your buddies are all 95. Well, then you just look bad, right? 91? I thought the level cap was 60. Yeah. Oh. All right. That's well, cool. That sounds really cool. Fun though. idea. Yeah. I'll, I'm really interested to see the feedback from the community on this one. And what's your involvement with it? I'm doing more of the administration and behind the scenes stuff per usual. I don't get to cast very often anymore just because I, I kind of get left holding the bag. So I'll be running the support crew. I've done a lot of the administration work as far as getting everyone signed up and ready and getting the teams displayed, etc. Most of my time today was spent like finalizing all the invites and making sure all the developers had their correct stuff. I made my uh, first JSON file today, which isn't really that impressive, but someone told me how to do yeah, JSON formatting, and so I hand-wrote out the string that needed to go into the casting tool so it knew what streams to go watch. I'd never Look done anything you, like fancy that before. Pants. So. Now you know what they're talking about when they're like, oh, no, you, here's the JSON file for the passive tree at the beginning of each league. Now you're just like, made my own tree, no biggie. I, I don't think it's going to go that far, but it's a, it's a baby step. So, you know, you work with these developers for so long. It's like, I don't know, like, just teach me how to actually help you. <laughs> Even if it's like, it's like menial, like baby tasks, like I can, I want to help. It's pretty awesome. I'll be checking it out. That seems really cool. I'll be checking it out before the podcast comes out. At least, at least now people have way more information about it because we would have given them nothing. Terms like thingy and neato race stuff. Mm. <laughs> uh, so good. There were some MTX, Ty. I know that excites you. Did either of you see them? There were two amazing ones. They came out with two Fist of War ones, Celestial and Judgment. Mm-hmm. Uh, Judgment Golden, looks Golden awesome. Celestial. It's not just Celestial. And, and yeah, it looks dumber, more dumb. The Judgment one, I have to admit, is pretty cool. It's Drox's hand that just crushes the earth. It's amazing. It matches the old um, corset. So if you actually got the corset from yeah, the, the commander, right? Yeah, it has like the apparition of like the thumbs down over your head. Now you got a big floaty hand dude smashing the ground too. Like low key, I like disabled screen shake like the second day I played PoE ever, but. I would probably enable it again if I had that MTX. (laughs) I need to feel the weight. Oh, it's so neat. And then they came out with two taggers, Chaos and Necrotic. And I like the, I love, I love taggers. Is that the the ones you're talking about that you like? The the animals? Wait, I have a question. The Tigris? This is urgent. Okay, so when you play on console and you have screen shake on, does it also make the rumble pack go? Or they're not I have no rumb- idea because no I way turned that off shake. immediately. No, this, but, oh, it's done. It's off. Does it, and screen rotate. But Rumble things, Pack, no. man. The Rumble Pack, it's I love immersion. it. We're back to like the N64. What? There's <laughs> no the Rumble, Rumble Packs anymore? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's oh an my high god, why do you even play console? Well, that's a great no, question. They're, 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 they're vibrating away. It's, <laughs> they're not Rumble Packs. Shut your faces. No, they're, yeah, they're, not, they're not. Additions. Now it's like a they're dumb just... weight that spins. Boring. Oh, boring. Remember, you could plug it into the N64. Yeah, that was like that was the awesome. whole point. Right. That back when console was cool. Yeah. Anyway, Ty, go on. <laughs> what MTX did you like out of this? The animals? Is that what we're going with? The chaos and necrotic <laughs> tigers. This is where I wish it was a video start, podcast, and know, I hate you both. Uh, <laughs> 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 Wipe your tears and move on. <laughs> 
going to start my own podcast. This is going to be me talking about tigers. So they <laughs> had two tigers. Shut up. Two tigers. One was necrotic. And I think the necrotic one's cool, even though it's not cool, because I like the more natural looking stuff. I just like the normal Bengal tiger. But I'm surprised they don't have a snow tiger. Oh, no, they do have a snow tiger. But anyway, the necrotic tiger matches like that project zombie skin a little bit right the necrotic and the project they kind of go the green's a little off but you can't really tell when you're you know you're when it says respawn at checkpoint you can't really tell the difference anyway so it's fine the gorgon shield looks kind of cool if you like snakes and then sphinx wings yay and then there was a uh, concept art and talent competition highlights Sweet. any of them stand out to you on the concept art i looked at it and i I have a real problem with that. I know people disagree with me on some of these things, but the whole ether craft, like just where it's like, here's red, green, purple, and blue. I don't like those. What, you don't want to be a Power Ranger? No, that's what I said in one of our episodes too. I was like, it's a freaking Power Ranger set. They had like, they looked ridiculous. Yeah. I don't I, know. I, yeah, but, I have to but agree. It, it is it's, nice. It's pretty lazy. But it does at least give you options. If you go for any other type of mtx you're you have to like both the color and the style whereas at least it seems like it's going in a direction of if you like the style you have options for color okay but did you did you actually look at the concept art yeah do you have it open right now no okay i would like you to open their concept art thread and i'll show you why it is open all right go down to the ethercraft armor pack bundle where you get to see like red green purple and blue yeah and then look at the rapture set right below it it makes the Ethercraft one look <laughs> so stupid. It wasn't a good uh, marketing thing to put those two together. No, but. you see this like crazy, cool, dramatic set. And then it's like, hey, here's the Power Rangers. Here's a Dark you know Souls what? god or boss. And here's the Power Rangers. <laughs> it actually does look a lot like the final boss of Dark Souls 3. Anyway, I just think they're dumb. Um, but you know what? There's going to be other people that think that the Ether stuff looks way better than I the I get Rapture it. Armor. You want to be nice, whatever. I'm just saying. And then, yeah, they had the talent, talent competition. It's always people that are better than us at everything. Yeah, way to go, guys. Good You're job. Awesome. It is pretty amazing, but yeah, way to go. Um, you said you want to talk about PvP, the PvP changes coming just? Well, sarcastically, but I love that that's still a thing that they do. It, You're going to love the rituals. <laughs> oh, go ahead, BK. I wonder if it's because we played it as a gag during a racing intermission. You played PvP? <laughs> Yeah, during one of the uh, previous events, like we had uh, the, the Havoc event that took place right at the end of uh, 3.12, we had an actual like PvP battle thing where we had like teams versus each other. And <laughs> Okay, so then that's how, because I'm like, how do they even get stats? How do they know that something's not working in PvP? Nobody's had, doing it. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I would love it's to just, know who. Honestly, like, I think they could fix PvP to be fun again. I think they should scrap the entire idea that it should be something that, like, people level to or, like, compete in long term. I think they should cap it at, like, level 35 or whatever it is when you make that character. You shouldn't be able to get XP at all and the gym levels, all that kind of stuff stays exactly the same. The gear is normalized. And then they just do little skill gym balances here and there to make people think of new strategies, like, every few months. You know, like, nerf vitality mm. aura a little bit and then buff, like rejuvenation totem or something like that like make people switch around like what they have to do but then keep it kind of more simplistic keep the game modes in there whether it's like capture the flag or whatever like i just think if they squish it down and make it to where they can actually and 
packed it with meaningful small balance changes over time, I think more people would dig it. But the fact that you can go against somebody that has like perfect godly gear for PvP and get one shot across, you know, from across the screen and never do anything, that's that's what makes it not fun. I don't remember what it was called. I don't even remember how long ago it was, but I remember like a Grandmaster's last league. No, it was like a temporary league thing where you just would invade other people's maps and and oh, worlds. It was an April Fools thing. I don't remember what it was, but it was so uh, fun. There was a battle royale. Rumble Royal. Yeah, there yeah, was the battle, battle royale. royale yeah. Um, but there was also I thought oh I this was, was a long long time ago. I forget what it was called. Yeah, I don't think the one I'm talking about was an April Fools. No. Mm-mm. I don't think so, but I don't remember. I just remember. You and, and I'm talking really, really, really long time ago. Yeah. Because the guy who introduced me to POE was still playing back then. So it's going back quite a while. But I just remember you would do something. There weren't even maps, I don't think. But you would do something to enter somebody else's area. And Dark Souls style. All right. And all their stuff would just explode over the screen when you killed them. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Huh. Yeah. Did either of you see the ritual stats this week? 1.3 trillion. That's a lot. A lot of tribute. (laughs) I love when they get to that big of numbers. And now you know. Yep, it's cool. Either of you brainstorm off the PC? Like you look at POE stuff on your phone or anything? Like what? Are you talking about that dumb app you use? Like that? No, shove it. No, I'm saying like, (laughs) do you ever thinking about your build? And then you're like, oh, shoot, is that... Like, you know, maybe you're thinking about Blade Blast. And you're like, oh, wait, is that like a, does it convert 50% to fire? Is it all physical? So you mean like look wait, up how the does wiki? It work? Yeah. Do you ever look while you're like, you know, walking to pick the kids up from school or you're like walking the dog, but you're like staring at other people so they don't get close to you? Do you ever look at your phone? Think about Path of Exile? I might think about Path of Exile, but I don't think I'm on my phone looking up a wiki while I'm out and about. Oh, you're so lame. You're so not POE. You, UBK, do you, do you do stuff on your phone for POE? Every once in a while, I'll get, you know, the idea. Yeah. You have to go look at it really fast to see if you're right or not. It's usually when I get, like, the, well, actually kind of comments on my YouTube video. And I'm like, <laughs> bitch, I'm going to look this up and it's going to go down. We're going to have a conversation about how you're wrong. Yeah. Because there's oh, always, the well there's always, like, those people. And my favorite is when, like, because you don't get snotty with them. That's That's rule number one. No matter how rude they are to you, you never get snotty back. And you just very yeah. calmly present facts to them and then they give up and run away and it's awesome. <laughs> I would go passive aggressive, I think, almost right away. Because there was this one guy in my most recent video that was like, who's talking about specters? And I was like, I'm sorry, but you're mistaken. Like, this is not how he thought that, you know, the conduit in Guardian's uh, sign of purpose was actually giving charges to minions, which would be super overpowered if it was. But, like, you can't just give charges to minions. There's not, like, ways to do that. You have to do, like, the shield or charge vectors or they have to use, like, power charge on critical and their links or use assassin's mark as a curse. Like, you have to do all these other things. He just, like, assumed that minions are party members and they're not and then, like, tried to come down on me about it. I was, you know, just logically state the facts over and over again and... It was great because this guy, like, progressively, like, he was dug in on his need to be right. So he'd go back to the wiki and he'd, like, find something else to tell me to do. And I just, like, really calmly represent the facts of, like, why that is an incorrect assumption. He'd go back to the wiki again and, like, come back with, like, more will actuallys. Like, the dude couldn't be wrong. And I, yeah. 
This was YouTube? Yeah, there's YouTube content. I, I, I would love to just have a moment to peek <laughs> through their monitor to see like, what are you doing right now when you're making this argument? Go play the yeah. game. Go have some fun. Maybe I'll feel like they probably, though, get excited when you start responding because they're like, all right, I fished and I caught creators now like actually getting into it with me. And in some ways, I just feel like they want to dunk on you regardless. Mm -hmm. Totally. One one thing that I like to do is I like to say like, yeah, no, um, make whatever changes you like after you've done some highly invested T16s or higher. Uh, come back and let us know how it went. A lot of the times you don't hear back. Did you see, though? that the mobile site for the wiki changed this week they did not what a crazy change eh? it's it's crazy like, you can't look at you oh, have to use desktop view now yeah no it's mm. lame so anyway and desktop view kind of sucks on your phone because the search function doesn't work as well it doesn't auto populate when you're in the process of spelling something so it kind of sucks so anyway that this week can be a week sweet all right so we've had we've had our chance to chat Tyler and I regarding this league and we both liked some and not like some things and chatted about issues he's had from a performance side and then just game wise but we're kind of curious what your thoughts are on ritual I actually really enjoy ritual I think it's well incredibly well suited to its place as it exists in the game and I think it's actually pretty well balanced and if you I guess I get I'm wondering if do you do you see that for all of this league that came out, like everything Endgame, everything Ritual? Well, I mean, we have to separate the Endgame from the league itself if we're just going to sure. talk about, you know, like 3.313 brought in both. But if we're referring only to like the league itself, I'm happier it was a smaller, less complicated, simpler, I don't need a spreadsheet to figure this out kind of league. Totally. Because the end game was complicated enough as it was. Like I think having a something like betrayal on top of getting this end game would have been a massive turnoff. Like having to figure out like how to set up like a betrayal board while also trying to fit up your set up your atlas would have been like completely overwhelming. And so I think in its simplicity, it was enough to hook us during the leveling process and to sort of like prepare us early on, especially with some of the rewards that we were getting out of there. Like I got a wand in Act 7 that I couldn't replace until I spent like 18x on a new wand. Like it was that good that early for the particular build that I was playing. And it cost me 325 tribute. I mean, like these are things that were, you know, yeah, it's a roll of the dice. But like this is why it was so good because it was like it was fun, engaging. It had really good rewards and it prepared us for what the next step of the end game was going to be. Or at least like helped us gear a little bit to get ready for it. So I think in like the that service, it like, I don't know, I think it was pretty well. And I think as far as the way it exists now that it's a couple weeks in, I don't know, I still enjoy its extra packs, you know, extra packs of monsters to kill. It drops some maps like there's stuff that still shows up in rituals rewards that even though I'm geared to the teeth, at least for me personally, I'm geared to what I think is satisfactory for my personal progression. Like, I still enjoy getting, like, a couple of alterations, some chisels, some scarabs, and some delirium worms here and there. Like, that's cool. Like, I'm fine with that. Like, I don't need it to be, like, heist rewarding for me to feel like I'm not wasting my time. Well, plus, because it doesn't take you out of anything to do ritual, which I, that's one of the things I love. You yeah. just do it as you're going through. 
Exactly. And then it's also gets, you know, it gets more spicy the uh the more you, you know, juice your map either with map mods or otherwise too. Have you used the uh blood uh, vessels much? Yeah, I started messing around with them because I'm trying to I'm starting to pay attention to challenges now because I want to get the hideout. Um so I've started trying to like capture different things and learn about them and put them in there. Do you notice a difference when you use them? The the monster yeah the rituals do get intense the you know like the the pack sizes within the ritual is a little bit more intense and then like depending on like what bosses you capture and put in there too, it can turn into like baby maven fights when you have like a boss or two in there with you. And have you had any issues with performance in any other parts of Ritual? I am super lucky in that I feel like my computer is perfectly average in every single way that Ritigar <laughs> heist and harvest and all of this sort of stuff. Like I haven't had many major crashes to deal with or situations to uh, come up like that. I've crashed a couple of different times, but it was it's nothing, you know, amazingly frustrating. Your frame rate's fine? Yeah. Sweet. Lucky. Happy for you. We've had internet connection issues. They recently started construction near where we live. And our internet has just randomly decided that it wants to go to like 0.4 upload randomly. And the download's fine, but the upload is shit. And it's like, oh, I guess I'm not streaming today. But other than that, like that's really the only issue I've had. How long is it going on for the construction? I don't know. They're building some sort of commercial building. So who knows? It'll go faster than a house. That's all I know. Because when it's a business, they tend to be a little bit quicker. Okay, and what about the Atlas changes? I love them. Oh my god, I'm so in love with this in-game. In every way, I hated what it was before. I am on board for it now, more so than ever. One of the things that I find immensely satisfying as a player is accumulating knowledge over time about the game that I'm playing. Like I enjoy that knowledge investment. And this is an in-game that really favors people like me, especially with these different boss battles and everything else. Like, the more you pay attention and learn the mechanics of the game, the more this pays off for you. If you're someone that just doesn't want to instantly shit on an arena and kill everything in one second. Because you're going to be able to take that knowledge of knowing, like, all right, I have these ten bosses in this arena with me, and I know that what each of their main, like, danger attacks is, the thing I have to pay attention to. And so as you're running around and killing them, you see them start to do their different tells for, hey, I'm about to use this slam ability. You know what to do. Like you just scoot out of it and go fight something else for a little bit. So it's like immensely rewarding in the way that being good at Uber Elder was immensely rewarding because you just you get into that rhythm of fighting. And the invitations, it's a blast. Like <laughs> I never knew how badly I wanted to fight all four breach lords at the same time until I did it. Like it's amazing. It feels awesome. And same with all four you. of the guardians and all four of elders guardians. And oh, it's so much fun. Sounds really, really easy. Sounds like something we've done lots and lots. In some ways, they have built upon what they started in Metamorph. And I don't know if I've ever said it on this podcast, but I've said it in other interviews and other ways. Like, I always felt like Metamorph was unfinished. I felt like when you bought the Metamorph in the map, you got the sample, you took the sample back to Tani's laboratory, and Tani's laboratory was like a complete letdown. Like, the, the Metamorphs in there, they barely even, like, tickled you, and it just, like, crapped rewards. And then the story wasn't really satisfying either. He's like, oh, I guess we'll go again. Okay, bye. 
And you're like, well, where's the ending, right? What, like, I wanted there to be like another metamorph that you compile out of like second level organs and like have super goop metamorph to fight. But it seems like they took a lot of this coding and a lot of this sort of, um, I don't know, like deconstructing of parts of the games to the next level with this in game. Like, I feel like they started this work in Metamorph League the way they took a, a, a boss. And they essentially boiled it down to its main abilities. And then they took those abilities out and assigned them to different organs. So that if you had like a brain from Kitaba, it was always his X-Blast. Or if you had a, a pair of lungs from Innocence, it was always like the channel beam. Is that true? But instead of, I don't know if that's like a direct one-to-one -one ratio, but that's like how they constructed what a metamorph would do was like a certain body part was tied to a certain signature move. I did not and know that. And then rather than like kind of assemble them in random order with different parts, they just kind of like put all the bosses back together with their own parts so that they would just be a free roaming boss. And then they put in an arena with like 10 other ones and made its AI better. Like that's literally what we have is the super goop metamorph that I always wanted. <laughs> it's just this end game instead, which is awesome. Permanent end game. Yeah. I can't think of the last time where the end game's been this engaging and fun. And it's always like, it's not even just the battles too, which I, that I'm always super excited about. Like not only is it her making the day to day, like in map bosses kind of a little bit spicier by duplicating them, but then you've got the invitations all the way up to the feared and then the Atlas stuff itself. I guess we're going to get into that too. So, all right. So let's get into the Atlas stuff. Are any of the, we're not going to go into like every individual tree one, just cause I'm enjoying pushing this from Tyler, being able to talk about it. You bastard. Are there any of the specific, I mean, there's just so many, but are there any specific archetypes that you just really like? I like that this is sort of the player agency that we've all been asking for a really long time, like having sort of like, it goes along with their ideology of how the Atlas should be played, which is they want us playing a whole bunch of maps rather than censoring on a single one of them. So it, it definitely encourages that play style because like you get a little, you get more for staying in an area and kind of like moving around within that area and doing different maps. But then like you can also directly solve the problems that you have. Whereas before, like, you're like, I don't know, I just generally make currency and then whatever. But like now you're like, I need currency. So I'm going to go to Valdo's Rest and I'm going to make a bunch of ancient orbs and sell them. Or I need money and I don't know how to craft. So I'm going to go run in Hayward Camlet and sell my harvest crafts because I don't know what to do with them and they go for a lot of money. Or I like running Domain of Timeless Conflicts, so I'm going to go farm those up in that area where you can get like a ton of different lieutenants and emblems dropped from the sky. So the regions when you're mapping, that just clicks for you? When you're mapping, you're specifically going to a region for that type of content? Or is it just a nice surprise whenever you're picking whatever map? I, for you for what I'm playing, I, I tend to go to a certain area with a purpose, but I think that's great. Like, I think that's really neat about the current Atlas because as you're presented with certain roadblocks and problems with your build, whether it's currency or specific items, like not only like is Hayward great because of Harvest, Hayward is great because it drops a lot of essences and I'm actually a huge proponent of essence crafting. Like a lot of the items that I start and finish with Harvest crafting are start with essences. And you can get a buttload mm -hmm. of those like high tier essences there as well. 
Um, so like it's agency and the ability that if you are not concerned about being the most efficient and instead enjoy solving your own problems with the tools the Atlas provides you now, you have agency to basically control what you're doing or at least invest your time in a way that's going to make you the currency or get you the items you need to like to proceed. Hmm. How about you, Just? Do you play, um, I mean, obviously you haven't played this last couple of weeks, but you've played since league launch. Do you, do you do random maps or do you do them based on, do you focus more on the influence? Do you focus more on the Atlas passives and the rewards you're getting? Or is it just all random? How do you do it? Uh, it would probably be different for me if I had all my watchstones because I'm not quite at the point yet of having all my watchstones. I'm still more focused on that. On the influence. Yeah. But mm. also, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm not really sure. I haven't had a time to play with all of the different Atlas tree progression that you can do because I haven't progressed all the watchstones yet. So I don't know. I haven't like Maven's not all the way up. I think I've done the 10 fight twice. Okay. So, so there's still quite a bit. There's still quite a bit more for me to do. I'm trying to think if I if I had 32, I would probably be doing it much more based on what I wanted to do with regards to those bonuses, which is nice because there's, I don't know, there's just more options now. Yeah, that's, that's kind of my thing too is like before and especially I think Heist was the biggest example of this is that usually when there's one thing to do and it's incredibly profitable then it gets really boring as shit to do that thing because you end up doing it so much that like this is the best way to make money. So you sit there and you run heists and you run heists over and over and over again. And soon enough, you don't want to look at a heist ever again. And well, guess what? In heist league, guess what they had? More heists. So like people would burn out because of this like almost sort of feeling completely forced into doing a one certain thing. But like, sure, no matter what in the game, there's always going to be like the most profitable way to earn currency. But for people that don't have to play like the most profitable way or the most efficient way, when you get bored of something like say I run in Hayward Hamlet looking for Harvestcraft and I'm like, God, I never want to look at a Hayward Hamlet map again. I can't do it. I've been in there for three days. I can't do it. I can pop down to Valdos and farm Harveys and get a bunch of XP or currency to do that or maybe i go delve for a while or maybe i go back to heist i haven't gone back to heist i probably won't at all this week but <laughs> oh like my you God, know though, tuck he's so good now tuck is so good yeah finally um but this is more or less like my point is like i've been playing a, a lot more than normal and i am not even close to burnt out because i can as soon as i start to feel it i just go do something else and that something else is still equally exciting. It's equally like, well, maybe not equally, but to me, it's like, it's exciting in a different way. It's something that I want to do. Like there's little projects and little like short-term goals and everything else. And I just think it's, I don't know. I like having that ability to choose what I'm doing. Do you think the way that they've currently got the Atlas tree trees built is relatively equal? That they're relatively balanced? It's impossible with Harvest being implemented in the game the way it currently is to make any other regions feel like it can outweigh the value of Harvest. But that's because they put it back in the game at full strength, which they never should have done. What's the alternative? Take some out? Um, at this point in time, they could. They could remove a lot of the higher, more powerful 
They have a couple ways they can solve this, and we can talk through them. They can remove some of the higher-level, more powerful crafts away from the game so that every single time that you start crafting, you don't feel dead in. Because the way you make items now is you get it close, and then you sit on that item for like four to six days waiting for harvest crafts to either be listed or show up in your community or have a friend that has them so that you can then finish your item. So the logical endpoint for all crafting right now is harvest. And that's not good. Like, it shouldn't all be dependent on one system. Um, so, like, maybe by, really, like, you know, removing some of those higher-level crafts that, like, cause that, then maybe people don't feel stuck in Harvest. That's one way to solve it. The second way to solve it would be to make Harvest more prevalent, which I think is broken in the other direction. I think it's, like, equally frustrating because when it takes a lot of the gear progression out, so, like, why grind maps and get currency if you can just boop, 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 perfect item that quickly, right? So if you don't put a gate on harvest at all and you make it more common, then the game becomes shorter because you achieve your power longer without grinding. And then another way that I think they could solve it is the way I initially proposed it being solved back in January, no, July of last year. I remember having this, it was like, I think it was our first baited expectations episode it's like, how would you fix Harvest? How would you implement Harvest? And my suggestion was to take the garden out of it and then push different parts of Harvest onto Bestiary and Delve. So the seeds and crafts are already attributed to a monster type. Take those monsters, throw in maps, and then make the Bestiary altar like correspond to some of those Harvest crafts. So you would literally find the beast that came from the seed that gives you reroll prefixes in the wild. And then you would go to your altar and do reroll prefixes. So like some of that correlates directly there. And then for some of the other stuff, like the reroll with certain things being more prevalent or have like a guaranteed mod from a certain mod pool, like that would be better handled by like a certain type of fossil. Hmm. Just how they added like the, you know, how they added the violet oil or the whatever it was, like the oil so that people would do more at, you know, like add another fossil and make it really, really rare. But then that sort of like has the guaranteed role and sort of like dilute it down and then make other things, you know, in line, like kind of take Harvest's power and distribute it amongst all of the existing crafting systems. So that harvest isn't like the answer for everything, but just a method of getting there, just like all the other crafting methods have been in the past. Because you could like old school craft something with like essences and build it from there using multi-crafting, or you could use Dell fossils before. So they were like alternatives to each other. One was sometimes better in some instances than others, but... Are there any areas in the atlas that you that don't interest you at all in the passive trees? Um, I am not one of the super map users, so a lot of like the beyond stuff doesn't really interest me. Um, I used to go for a headhunter when I first started playing. I'd get a headhunter every league because that was like what I thought I wanted to do, and I'd like okay. put it together, run my MF bill, get a whole bunch of exalts, and then like just sort of be uninspired. Um, so when I started stopped going for the headhunter and started investing like. 20 to 30 X and a couple of different builds. I found that I was much happier because I was learning more about the game by approaching different like avenues of like build styles and trying melee out or whatever and kind of like broadening my horizons. I found I was happier doing that. 
Hmm. How about Alva? You care about Alva? Temples are neat, and they're much more accessible than they've ever been, which is really good for certain outcomes. Like I, you know, like if I can easily, and maybe not, like I can't just like snap my fingers and instantly get like a tier three jewel room, but like in the time that it takes my you know, awaken gems to top up to level five. Like I can usually have a gym room ready for them to be, you know, to try to go for the, the level six twenty three, and that's cool. I've it's heard cool of that awaken it's... gems. I've heard of them. <laughs> it's just like I, I feel like you, you have the ability to get a hold of a corruption table or one of the the gym uh, upgrade stuff. Like I feel like those are more approachable now. Before I never ran her. Just like, what's the point? I'm not gonna. Get, I'm gonna. I could spend, you know, eight days on this and not get a single corruption room. Because encouraging it specifically was the link that broke me. Because that was the first time I didn't get forty out of forty, and I was like, ah, because of the nesting dolls of RNG required. Failed. To this day, in every single thing that I've ever put in the corruption altar, I've never actually put a double implicit on an item ever. It's always bricked, gone white sockets, or poofed. They wow. should change. They should add that to harvest crafts. Give them a percentage chance to just fail. <laughs> people would be so yeah, upset. I think you just didn't get 40 out of 40 out of laziness. You know, I, I love people. Yeah, I know people would be upset. But I, I, I wonder sometimes with Harvest, if if you couldn't, it would Harvest be as broken if you just couldn't trade them? If you couldn't do them for somebody else? Like for a solo self-found player, I imagine Harvest is still top of the tier of things they want to go for. Yeah, for But sure. then it becomes them going for it. SSF players also have patience and perseverance when it comes to sure. approaching projects over time, which mm-hmm. softcore people have like no fucking patience whatsoever, which yep. is why we have all the complaints of like, why do I have to sit on the forum all day and look for sit on a, a discord all day and look for these particular crafts? And this isn't fun. And this isn't how I play the game, even though like nobody's stopping them from playing the no. game or having multiple projects that they're crafting at the same time. Like when I crafted anything that I've made, I've had multiple copies of that item because you never know what crafts you're going to come across. So, like, say I need a ring with certain stats. Like, maybe I find all the suffixes I need on one ring that could work and then all the prefixes on the other because you never know which rerolls you're going to get or remove ads or the ability to add influence to it, etc. So there's, like, multiple ways to build an item. And if you have multiple, like, ongoing projects, yes, it's a lot to, like, sort of track and maintain but it also teaches you a lot about crafting along the way. And then you're not so like, you're not so laser focused in on what you're not getting, which is what a lot of the frustration from harvest is, is people like they go to harvest, they knock on the door and they're like, I went all chaos, please. And harvest is like, look, I have all of this great shit in stock. Like you can do something with everything here. And they're like, well, it's not all chaos. Harvest sucks. They need to do something about harvest. It's like going out and hunting (laughs) And shooting a deer and taking only its back straps. And then like being mad at the deer that it wasn't completely made out of back straps. Like that's how preposterous it is to me that like people are mad at harvest for this Justin's sort of confused. stuff. You what? need to explain your What's explanation. A the tenderloins. Of course. It's like you're, you're <laughs> Like you don't like you don't hunt an animal and then just pick out the one part of it and then just, you know, like go on with your life and get mad at the animal that it's not, you know, you don't get mad at a cow for not being completely made out of filet mignon. Like, 
Oh my God, I would love to watch someone get mad at a cow. Like, <laughs> like that's how it feels to me because harvest takes like that. So like from, you know, tail to snout sort of thing. Like that's how you have to look at harvest. And so when you only want one thing out of it, of course, it's disappointing. I think if people were looking at harvest and going, oh, I could use this for something else. I just feel like the way that harvest is on the trade side of things is not fun to me. And it's just not the way I would play it. And I know 100% I have ditched harvest crafts that I could have probably made a bunch and trade for just because I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go onto a discord channel, sit around and wait, post something in there. Of course, like the future of harvest largely depends on their ability to develop the proper UI for it. I think the UI that they should model things after is sort of like what we have in World of Warcraft. So I can explain it briefly. So in while you have a trade window when you interact with different players, that's not unlike the way we have now that has slots and you put items in there and then you hit like a double confirm window and then the items trade. Um, but they also have a secondary window where like it's it, it has like the conditional of cannot be traded. So you put your gloves in there and then another person that's an enchanter can apply a enchant for 16 strength to those gloves. You guys both hit accept. The gloves never you leave your inventory and then it uses the enchanter's materials to then put 15 strength on your gloves and then everyone's happy, right? Because it's used their materials and you get the enchant, the en you know, the item never leaves your inventory. So it's interactable in that way. And I think that... Moving forward, if they want to solve a lot of these issues with like this, you know, like servers, Discord servers and stuff being like the crutch to this particular issue is creating that UI within PoE because it wouldn't just help harvest. It helps everything like you want to sell even just like basic bench crafts at the beginning of a league like trigger. Like trigger socket as well as like a couple people unlock those like first thing that they do when they get to maps. And so like that can be really valuable for progressing your atlas early on because it like creates a really ease of access as far as like gameplay. But like say you find a wand like I did at the very beginning of the league and I don't want to just like hand that to some guy. So like from the crafting bench to the like corruption altars to harvest benches like, there's a lot of demand for this type of UI. Like, something where I could put an item in, they could select something to be done to that item, the other person sees what's going to be done, so they can see, like, it is going to have Aug Chaos or Remove Add Cold or Use Corruption yeah, Alter. not the details of what it's going to actually roll, but right, just... Right, like, Use Corruption Alter or Craft um trigger weapon like whatever it is like it has like the dialogue of what's going to happen then it's the same double confirm window and then like you know cool like exactly what's going to go down and then you don't have to worry about people like stealing your item it still requires player interaction the way that ggg intends it to be and people are happy do either of you think trade's going to be changing when poe2 comes out i hope so but i don't think we're going to get a different system I think the system BK is talking about is awesome. I don't see them doing it, though. I mean, they would allow them to index like certain things, too, so people can actually list services for sale. That'd be cool. It'd basically be the same, hey, I want to buy your thing for this price. Same thing as now, but it's just a different window. They'll have to do something because like there is 
before, like when other services popped up in response to something being difficult to trade, like in the era of Legion, where the timeless jewels were a thing, discords popped up for that, that were like, here's these screenshots of where this jewel is and these like socket types. And these are how the passives around them changed because remember, you can't like index those guys. They're completely random. Their values are from like one to 8,000 and you just got to hope that you know like there's some good stuff on your particular jewel like with legion jewels we ran into a lot of the same issues that we kind of reapproach and harvest whereas like can you trust the person that they're going to sell you the jewel that you've seen the screenshots for but they haven't done anything to fix that yet right no right but they they've I'm, admitted I'm really that curious. it was a mistake that it was too hmm. complex and that it was something that like moving forward design wise was not something that they were going to pursue again because like they weren't it made them not good or not tradable in the way that they initially thought that they would be. Um, so they kind of like backed off of that idea after they came out. I wonder how much time they actually dedicate to those type of system improvements and development for the future. They always seem like they're just so, I would have no idea, but it just seems from comments from them, that they just seem so backed up tied to their own schedule, chasing their own game, chasing their own schedule, that I wonder if even if they agreed to any of this kind of stuff, if they'd even have the time for it. Not like I would know. It just seems like they're always behind themselves. They do demonstrate a capacity to learning, though, because the next iteration or the next iteration of passive tree changing stuff that we got were cluster jewels, which are easily, well, not easily anymore, but like they're craftable. You know where you're getting on them. Yeah, yeah. The the notables are very set. They gave us all the information on the notables right away, like so that we could go into crafting them for the first time, knowing kind of more or less what we were looking for. And then they've improved on those over time too by like guaranteeing the the jewel sockets if it was a large one, you know. So there's a capacity for learning, but something that I think limits especially their ability to create like an additional UI or additional trade option, especially within the game is the fact that it is their game, like it is their engine, their everything. And depending on how the code goes together, like implementing a secondary trade UI could be as simple as copy-paste or as convoluted as having to rebuild large parts of that from scratch just to put it in the game. And there's no way for us to know, right? <laughs> I'm going to assume oh, yeah, that it's totally. incredibly difficult based on the fact that like this is something that they have not philosophically or like within game files changed largely hmm. for years now because it oh sorry go ahead go no, ahead I was I gonna say I like scammers go even though it's like more prevalent now especially with people crafting items that are worth mirrors and then people running off with them and then like farming reputation in these discords to then have the ability to steal these items from people under the pretense of crafting um like the scam stuff has always sort of been a thing. Yeah. The reason that I asked about trade possibly changing is because I remember a long time, kind of a careful conversation. I think it was with Tarky that Chris or Jonathan had with, I believe it was Tarky, um, was when console first came out, consoles trade, well, it still is, consoles trade is very, very different than PC. And people that are used to PC trading hate the console way. But whichever co-owner it was that was in the interview said that they 
the reason they don't like the way that trade is for PC now, and they wished it was more like console and console was a way for them to try and implement it back into the community. Um, in the Chinese realm, apparently it's the same on all platforms like it is on console for trade as well, which is just a lot more generic searching. You can't be very specific with your searches. And so anyway, just the fact that they wanted it to be a lot more generic. It was a lot more difficult to find your perfect item, but trade happened this way with kind of a knee-jerk reaction that the, that the company made to appease people, to please people. But now you can't take it back, right? That's one of their examples they use from themselves of saying like, you got to be careful about your decision-making because you just can't take back your decisions. It doesn't, it doesn't work well. So it was just kind of like with that inkling, knowing that that's how they feel in their mind, I keep thinking that you know with the problems that people have with trade how overpowered certain content is with trade obviously trade's a huge part of their you know that's exactly what they want the community to be doing but i keep thinking that poe2 might have a possibility of something they should just add an item into the game similar to like wow i, I can't even remember what it was called it was the enchantment scroll or whatever but you would just apply the craft to that and then you could trade that and the problem with that though is that it it actually like makes the harvest problem worse, not better. Why? Because by they would have to make everything a lot more rare. And then by being able to orbit and put it into the market, it's like a lot of the complaints with harvest right now is that you have to like sit in the discord if you want to do your perfect items. And then all the people like that have lots of currency get to just like build their perfect items super fast and everyone else like suffers and like maybe if you know ordinary people could just orb their crafts then it would be way better but the problem is that it doesn't like actually help anything the way that they would have to readjust the numerical stuff for it and not to mention it completely bypasses their ability to try and restrict and restrict or like restrict the um Harvest crafting in general, like they gave us 10 crafting slots for a reason. They know how overpowered it is. They don't want us to sit around and like hoard that power like we did in the actual league where people had quad tabs and quad tabs and quad tabs of pretty much every single craft they could ever want in the game stored to meticulously just build a bear, their perfect items, whenever they wanted to put a new build together. It, it just wipes away the progression of items over time it's going to redistribute a lot of the ability to afford and get those items to the top players anyways. And in this current system, I feel like you actually have like a chance that things are so rare and scarce is why certain things are like that profitable or that nice to come across and have when you are able to like trade it to somebody else in your community. Like I don't think creating more of it is going to solve the problem because they've div like... <sighs> I think if they have if they would orbit like beasts, it would have to be completely washed down. So I think it's either one or the other. You keep harvest the way it is with these limitations, or you get a completely gutted version of harvest that's not game breaking for fifty thousand copies of something to exist. I got a I got a question for both of you. Start with just um, trade the way it is today, items the way it is today, harvest the way it is the the game the way it is today. Do you think GGG should care how we go about the game? Or do you... Yeah. Do you think GGG should care how we go about the game? Like with Discord, how trades are, what people are searching for? Do you think they should focus more on the solo self-found? Like, do you think they should care about how we have to go about all this stuff? 
Mm, do you want me to honestly answer you that? Yeah. I couldn't care less. It doesn't okay. affect me. I, I, I really don't care. I'm not the type that's going to go onto a Discord server to try and find a perfect harvest craft. And I'm not going to try and sell my perfect harvest craft if it pops up. So, and, and, I, and that's coming from somebody who doesn't play solo cell phone either. Just the way I'm going to play the game. I don't put much stock into them doing much with trade in, in a way that's going to make it more, I don't know, player friendly. I'm not really sure even what the word is. Sure. Like if you go back to the very beginning of POE, there's been one change to trade. It used to be we posted on a forum and we linked it to a forum and then they brought in uh, the ability for their website to or for the basically those stash tabs to be read. I don't think there's been anything besides that one change since POE came out. So I don't think that they will. And for me personally, I, it doesn't it really doesn't matter. How about you, BK? Do you think that GGG should care how the community goes about getting these different items or crafts? Or do you think they should just care about the weight and let the community do what they want? I think they ultimately should pay attention to it. Maybe not in the way that they need to immediately like intervene and solve every single problem. Because I don't think third-party tools existing is necessarily a bad thing. But the third-party tool being the only way to access something is in fact a problem. Like they need to like full stop need to index the crafting station so that you can list your crafts like period. You should not have to go to a forum to do that. Whether regardless of how they decide to change harvest or make it more or less rare or add crafting station slots or turn it into a craftable orb no matter what. Like there needs to be a part of that that has to be indexed. But they should also take tremendous amounts of care in paying attention to the economy trends because it, ultimately the the economy itself is what determines how long people play and unless it's you know unless it's a, someone oh, playing SSF because they're they're in it for the long haul regardless but for trade players not paying attention to trade and letting trade get wild and crazy and either washed out in the way that it was in heist or being as crazy as it was with the hoarding and harvest. These are incredibly valuable lessons for them to learn in the longevity of certain leagues as to what keeps people playing and what kind of bores people and makes them stop playing. If they're like, because something being too prevalent takes away the special feeling of it being like, oh man, yes, I got this. Because like saving up for and making inter incremental upgrades to your build or getting shiny new things for your next build, like that is part of what keeps you playing through the entire league. And just like he got up on the podium at that whatever the game talk thing was like, we're trying to figure out how to make POE play forever or people play POE forever. Like having this level of frustration centered around a mechanic that is so vital because of the way they decided to implement it is just a bad mixture player like morale I'm not even talking player retention because that will eventually either like people either go fuck harvest or like settle down and deal with it but just like overall like player frustration and overall like how they want to interact with it the economy has really large implications for that what do you think about your own question ty do you even remember I even it thought about it um, no, I don't. Uh, yes, I do. Um, I think, I think everything in the game needs to be treated the same. 
and the weight of the item needs to be the most important part of the trade economy. So if something can't be traded, it's not capable of being in the market. And if somebody wants to go uh, do a roundabout way of doing it, then you're running into the honor system, but that's not doesn't run on GGG. Now, I don't know which parts of the game fall under that category, but to me, if I was making a game and I wanted it to revolve around an economy, you have to make the item easily tradable within your actual game and UI, right? You need to make it convenient, just and basically like every item right you can sell maps just like you can sell wands just like you can sell whatever so if that's your intent and then you just need to have very strict rules about it but to me it's all about the weight and if you have something that's not supposed to be traded and then people do a roundabout way i don't i don't know um but at the same time you need to be clear about what is and what isn't tradable but to me i'm i'm relatively apathetic i i play solo cell phone Harvest Poorly. was a mistake. I'm sorry. I'm going to say it. What Harvest. From the Harvest beginning? Harvest is a mistake. They said it right at the beginning, too. That it was going to break the game. Yeah. The fact that they implemented it at full power will never cease to absolutely astound me. So do they do they change that then, do you think? It's, I think it's too late. They should have never put it back in full power to begin with. Like They had the opportunity to, at the beginning of this, explain how certain things through tracking the data that they collected in Harvest that these methods were too powerful and would wash out other crafting methods leading to like too much reliance on Harvest to be like the primary crafting method, blah, blah, blah. Like it's to think that they didn't know this when they implemented it is, you know, just silly. They, they, they had to have known. There's no way that they were like, they took their time surprised. putting it in too. Was it one or two leagues? It was just the one down because um, it was Harvest Heist and then now uh, Ritual. But, like, I would love to be a fly on the wall to figure out, like, how on earth they decided to put this in that full strength and think that that was going to be a good idea. Like, what was the reasoning? Why did they decide this? Because I think introducing it at a lower power but higher frequency would have been perfect. Like, I don't think that targeted annuls and targeted exalts should have existed. It should have been one or the other so that there was still the gamble to get the mod off or onto an item, especially with the next level of gambling that Maven orbs introduced that would have like been an appropriate amount of power for an item to have just because you can lock and then remove certain things and still get a specific mod off anyways or add a certain one depending on how you interact with other metacrafts. So it would have all come full circle anyways. But the fact that both exist in the game and there's all this other crazy stuff and some of the mods still have tags, like you can always put elusive on boots, but they got rid of tailwind. So I guess there was some balancing, but still, like there's still very specific ways to have very certain powerful outcomes. And it's still... I still think that they could pull that stuff out though. I feel like they could, I mean, they not to the full extent did somewhat with heist with regards to what you were trying to push towards the end to getting all the, the currency. But I feel like they could just go, yeah, we don't want these crafts available this way through Harvest anymore. I think it would be bigger backlash doing that now. Like, I'm not saying they can't. They yeah. absolutely could. It's their game. It's not for us to decide, you know. But, like, I think the backlash would be huge if they did it now opposed to reintroducing it at less power. Like, I don't understand... Like, I would have, you know, like, this is going to be my Monday morning fucking quarterbacking right here, is that I would have given it back a little 
and then made my decision from there like okay yeah the community could hand like maybe we make we introduce like and you know introduce this one type of craft back but then make it really you know like more rare or something like that it's always easy to like sprinkle in the exciting stuff than to take it away from basically crybaby toddlers i still think they should add a 50 percent chance to fail i just think that'd be so funny <laughs> oh the rage and the salt oh my goodness Astronomical. Oh, man. if i could only have some input that would be it <laughs> I, I i agree though you always and like justin said they've said that too that you know you, you you start small and you can it's easier to add than it is to take away but now that they've already added it like this i do think that there's parts uh where they do need to be relatively apathetic to the backlash i remember when they tried to change power charges and they were trying to change like, and balance power charges to frenzy charges and endurance at that time that was like two point i don't know do you remember that just Anyway, I, I, I was baffled by the response. There was such a huge outcry that they came back and said, we were wrong in this decision, as opposed to just sticking with it. Now, obviously, that's a long time ago, but I don't know. It, if I feel like if they want to take something away, changing harvest crafting as opposed to changing trade, I don't think I, people would grumble, people would complain, the voice would be loud, people would still play. People are always going to play. People love trade, to cry. They're going to come back. Most do. Most They're do. always going to come when back. When I want to cry, I go grocery shopping. or. But go then to the you zoo. play again. Yeah, I still will go to the zoo. <laughs> the zoo. <laughs> We're right. full circle now. I don't even know Here where we this go. went to. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up. Uh, BK, do you want to stick around for After Dark? Absolutely. Sweet. We'll chat more about this This then. then uh, this has been... Thank you so much, first off, for joining us. Well, thanks for having me back. Yeah, so much better than just Tyler here. Anyway, uh, thank you everybody for joining <laughs> us for say episode that 71 awkward. Forever XL over you. After Dark. I am Justin AK Tags. I'm Tyler Recker of Days. And our special guest today. Brittle me. Brittle me. For Patreons, we'll catch you guys in After Dark. Everybody else, we'll catch you in episode 72. If you're looking for more information, our website's down below, foreverxile.com. or on Twitter for XL82. Patreon links down below. Discord links down below. Come hop in there. And merch stores in there. Sweet. Thanks for joining us. I love the mug. I want to get another mug. There's mugs? <laughs>